Are you feeling lucky this St. Patrick's Day? Easy Living Furniture has a pot of gold waiting for you with absolutely everything reduced across sofa, dining, bedroom, mattress and accessories. Get the three-seater dark grey Harper sofa for only 459 Donut 240cm dining table for only 289 and much more. Don't miss out on these lucky savings at Easy Living Furniture. Find your local store online at easylivingfurniture.ie Hungry for change in your life? Feed your ambition with Board Bia Talent Academy's Insights and Innovation Programme. Get some incredible food for thought with a fully funded master's from DCU Business School. Learn from world-class innovators with placements in Irish food, drink and horticulture companies. And do it all while bringing home the bacon with a generous monthly bursary. Sound like your cup of tea? Nourish your career prospects by visiting boardbia.ie forward slash talent academy. Applications closing soon. If you like the Indo Daily, you can follow us on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Just a flag, today's podcast contains graphic descriptions of violence that some listeners may find distressing. Today on the Indo Daily, the murder of a 17-year-old that shocked the nation. Ramolan Park in Drogheda was the scene of one of the most gruesome murders in the history of Irish crime. 17-year-old Keen Murray Woods was lured to her home of Jared McKenna on a cold night in January 2020. Following leads and tip-offs, Gardy swooped at McKenna's home. The smell of fresh paint filled the air in the house and new floorboards had been laid, but all did not seem right. On closer inspection, blood splatters could be seen through the paint and the floorboards didn't seem to match. What was to unfold was one of the most gruesome murders ever in Ireland that would see the young 17-year-old murdered, dismembered and his remains dumped in bags across several counties. But why did this happen? What could the 17-year-old Kima Reedy Woods have done to deserve such a brutal murder? I'm Tabitha Monaghan and today I'm joined by Robin Schiller, senior news reporter with the Irish Independent, to look at the Drogheda drug feud that led to the brutal killing of teenager Keane Mulready-Woods. I think the whole country is really shocked by this. It's probably the most gruesome, grotesque murder that I can think of. And to have it perpetrated against a 17-year-old is just particularly... Particularly beastly. Robin, the murder of 17-year-old Keen Mulready-Woods is back in the news this week. What's the latest? So this week, Paul Crosby, a criminal from Rathmullen Park in Drogheda, pleaded guilty to facilitating a criminal gang in a serious offence, namely the murder of Keen Mulready-Woods in Drogheda between January 11th and 13th, 2020. Now, Crosby was initially due to stand trial, charged with murder next year, but he's pleaded guilty to this lesser charge and he'll be sentenced on January 23rd and it's expected that the state will enter an old prosecute in relation to the murder charge. The murder of Keane, it made international headlines because of how gruesome it was and the discoveries that were made by Gardaí and by people walking down the road. Can you tell me first about Keane's involvement in crime? Was he known to Gardaí before he went missing? Yeah, so Keane really was, I suppose, was typical of a teenager who gets, who's from a disadvantaged area and gets sucked into this life of crime. He would have been, I suppose, falling into the trappings of the money that comes with being involved in the drugs gang, um, the, the nice clothes, the flashy cars, the flashy motorbikes. And quite early on, I think even Gardy were surprised how actively he was involved in organised crime. I think by his mid-teens, he was carrying out uh, petrol bomb attacks, arson attacks, drug-related intimidation. 
Um, and then he obviously progressed and became more involved in the actual day-to-day drug dealing. He would have been regularly uh, cited between Dublin and Drogheda with various criminal elements. And he was significantly involved in organised crime, um, so much to the extent that at the time he went missing, he was facing charges before the courts and was under a strict curfew, which is why I suppose when he was reported missing that uh, serious concerns were raised about his welfare. So he was, despite his young age and being a teenager, he wasn't the new kid in the block here? Uh, no, absolutely not. I think even by kind of 14, 15, he was featuring more so on guard intelligence for maybe minor drug-related intimidation, but certainly by kind of 16 and around the time of his death, he was suspected of carrying out arson attacks himself, um, serious drug-related intimidation and serious petrol attacks. So bring me back to January 2020. When did Keane's family know that something was wrong? So on the afternoon of January 13th, 2020, his mother Elizabeth went into Drogheda Garda Station and reported missing. Keane is a 17-year-old juvenile. He disappeared on Sunday, the 12th of January, and parts of his remains have now been discovered. This is a brutal, savage attack on a child, and it's completely unacceptable in any normal democratic society. The level of violence is shocking, and the investigation into the murder of Keane is being coordinated from Drogheda Garda Station. What came across was that, you know, he was under the strict curfew, which he would, in fairness, normally abide by. So when he didn't return home the previous evening, and because of his links to criminality, uh, his parents, his family, and indeed Gardaí began having serious concerns about his welfare. And unfortunately, uh, it didn't take long for intelligence to start coming through to Gardaí that something really bad had happened to him. And I know the, later that evening, I think, his remains were found. And you know, when these body parts turned up in Kulak, despite no formal identification having taken place, I think Gardaí already had a fair idea what had happened, who they belonged to, and that they were the body parts of Kim Early Woods. So did they know really what they were dealing with here when that first missing persons was reported? Yeah, when that, um, I think it was around 10 o'clock in the Moldview area of Kulak, uh, Gardy received reports of uh, body parts being found in the bag. Angarchi Khan investigating the disappearance of Keane Mulready Woods have had it confirmed by Forensic Science Ireland that partial human remains discovered at Moldview Drive, Pyreswood, Kulak, on Monday, the 13th of January 2020, are those of Keane Mulready Woods. And I remember covering it that evening and, you know, within half an hour, an hour, you had uh, limbs, which obviously couldn't be identifiable, but Gardy were already, you know, suspecting that they belonged to this teenager who I hadn't, in fairness, heard from at the time or heard of at the time. But they knew fairly early on what they were dealing with and the level of what they were dealing with through the intelligence they were getting the previous few hours and day or so leading up to that discovery. And look, we're talking about organised crime here and and violence goes hand in hand with that. But this was another level of violence as well, wasn't it really? Uh, yeah, the, the, the absolute depravity involved in it is, uh, it was on a different scale and, you know, it did reach international headlines. Uh, not just the fact that, you know, you had a human being being killed in such a horrible manner and chopped up, dismembered and his body parts being displayed publicly, I suppose. But the fact that at the end of the day, he was still a 17-year-old, he was still a child and he was still a youth in the eyes of the law, so... You know, all those different factors considered, it was a it was a watershed moment, I think, for that Drogheda feud. How were they found in the first place? Was Gardaí made the discovery? So Gardaí, that evening in the Kulak area, um, Gardaí were responding to reports of some sort of a robbery and received a second report of these body parts being found in the Moldview area. And I think initially they thought it might be some kind of distraction and uh, to distract them away from the robbery. 
But they went along to the scene anyway and it soon became apparent that they actually were dealing with human limbs being found in the bag. Now, they were found a sports bag, um, I think a couple of limbs and flip-flops as well. Now the significance of that I suppose is that uh, Robbie Lawler, a suspect in Keen Murray Woods' murder, uh, was assaulted a month or two previously and uh, his gym bag was robbed by a number of youths in the city centre and his flip-flops were also taken. So, you know, it kind of shows the, the level of depravity involved where you have the person suspected of this murder uh, leaving a calling card, essentially, for the people involved in his assault. And I had read that there were reports that Keane Mulready-Woods knew his life was under threat and was even going around wearing a bulletproof vest as well. Uh, he was. So at the time of the murder, what we know is from the scene itself, from the, the evidence given in court previously, he was wearing a bulletproof vest at the time he disappeared. And that was later recovered in a burn site near the murder scene covered in his blood. So it certainly indicates that he knew himself his life was under threat and he was taking some sort of precautions at least to, uh, to try and mitigate any threats to him. The gym bag that was found in Kulak wasn't the only scene where body parts were found though, was it? No, so two days later, um, on the Wednesday morning, Gardy were responding to reports of a fire in the Drumcondra area, Clonliffe Avenue area. And when they arrived there, um, they, the car was extinguished, the fire was extinguished, and they recovered uh, a human skull from the boot of the car. Keen Mulready-Woods was identified through DNA tests on human limbs, discovered on Monday night in Coolock. Gardaí expect the results of similar tests on remains found in Ballybock yesterday morning will also confirm they are those of Keen. Now again, it didn't take long for Gardaí to kind of establish before any formal identification had taken place that this was the skull of Keen Mulready-Woods. And I think later that day, um, Gardaí had formally identified the remains and it showed again the, the level of depravity involved and just the, the sheer horror of what happened to that, that young man. It was an incredibly gruesome discovery. When they were discovered, where did the investigation lead Gardaí? So fairly early on, Gardaí were receiving intelligence that the uh, all the answers to what happened pointed to the Mullen Park area. And in particularly, the first, I suppose, port of call was the search house of Jared McKenna, now, McKenna would have been an associate of the so-called anti-Maguire faction involved in the Drogheda feud. And when they searched that house, it was quite clear that it was some some something untoward had happened inside. Uh, to the naked eye, there was blood splatter on the walls, on the ceilings. A meticulous forensic examination continued for a third day today at a house in Rathmullen Park in Drogheda as the Garda investigation into the murder of Kean Mulready-Woods intensified. Detectives believe they may have discovered the murder scene, the place where the 17-year-old was killed, his body dismembered. Forensic specialists have identified traces of blood and an attempt at a clean-up here. Uh, efforts have been made to conceal it, but fairly cack-handed efforts. There was blood on TV sets, uh, splatter on doors. Um, when they searched the back garden area, they found a couch that was inside, quite clearly inside the sitting room, that was also covered in blood. Uh, attempts had also been made to lay uh, new flooring over old flooring and you know, it wasn't even fixed in properties at all. So it was really terrible and haphazard nearly attempts made to clean that scene. And it was quite obvious to Gardy before any um, detailed search had been conducted that, you know, something something terrible had happened in the house. And it was later established that that was the house where Keem Murray Woods was murdered. Why was he murdered, though? I mean, he was 17. Yes, I know you said that he had been involved for a number of years, but do we know why he became a target for such a violent murder? 
Well, there's been several different theories around. I think one of them is his links to these Dublin criminals who were involved in that assault on Robbie Lawler. Uh, Robbie Lawler himself, a notorious criminal who was suspected of involvement in several murders and fatal shootings. And, you know, this attack on him, he didn't take it lightly. And uh, he may have blamed Key Murray Woods for some sort of involvement in that assault. The second theory is that Murray Woods may have had some involvement in serious crime linked to that feuding and attacks on this anti-Maguire faction, which would have seen him made a target. So there's a few different theories and working theories as to why he was targeted um, and you know, killed in such a horrible manner. We might go back to Paul Crosby's involvement in the murder because that's what was before the courts this week. What do we know about Paul? Well, Paul Crosby is a, he's now a 27-year-old man from Drogheda, from the Mullen Park area as well. And he became centrally involved in that feuding for the anti-Maguire faction in around February 2019. He had been standing trial for attempted murder in the Central Criminal Court and was acquitted. And it didn't take long for him to become centrally involved in that feuding. He was suspected of carrying out arrest attacks, uh, carrying out assaults linked to that feud, directing a lot of the violence. Uh, a month after he was back out in the streets, he made a phone call to Owen Maguire, the leader of, I suppose, the rival faction of this Maguire organised crime group. Now, Owen Maguire had been shot the year previously and Paul Crosby rang him. The phone call was video recorded and he essentially taunted Owen Maguire for being uh, paralysed as a result of that shooting. And it certainly uh, inflamed matters more so. What's the story? It's Crosby, man. Paul Crosby. Come here, listen. Uh, there's animosity, obviously, yeah. between us two, yeah? Do you think? Animosity. There's no animosity, me and Jay. Oi, oi, oi. No, honest to God, no, no. Honest, honest to God, yeah? We should honestly, God, we should go for an old walk one of the days on and uh, sort things out, you know? Yeah, yeah. But come here, uh, I wouldn't be pushing around a chair. Get one of them electric ones, would you not? Come here, listen, you're still on the steroids, you're still walking out and all. You wait for me, son, you wait for it. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm looking forward to being up for an old walk and an old chat on, yeah? Come here, see, 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 um, oh, listen, do you know what you're doing now? The same thing you did the last 20 years. You weren't running the town, you were running your mouth, man. Uh, a few months later, he was arrested in relation to an arson attack. Uh, Gardy had him and two other men under surveillance and they were caught uh, burning out a polo car, I think, in the Drogheda area. Uh, and Gardy certainly believed that car was to be used in some sort of feud of violence. So it shows that even his short time back out in the street, he was intricately involved in the feuding. And that obviously culminated in his involvement and his role in the murder of Kimo Rudy Woods. And how soon into that murder investigation was Crosby identified as a suspect or being involved? Uh, I think within hours, the finger of blame was certainly being pointed at him. And Gardy began harvesting CCTV footage from around the Drogheda area and the Mullen Park area. And no evidence was given in court this week. That'll come later on. But it's my understanding that he was seen on CCTV footage with Kim Murray Woods in the Drogheda area on the day he disappeared. And later on, outside a centre shop in Balls Grove near at Mullen Park where he was murdered. So it shows that uh, I think Gardy certainly believed that Paul Crosby had some involvement in luring Kim Murray Woods to that house. And after the fact, more CCTV footage showed Paul Crosby and Robbie Lawler, the actual suspect for the murder, uh, leaving the Mullen Park area with a sports bag. And certainly the working theory was from Gardy that that, uh, that sports bag contained the remains of Keane Murray Woods. So all that evidence, along with other stuff, uh, certainly pointed a finger at Paul Crosby having some involvement in this murder. And he's obviously now uh, pleaded guilty to facilitating the gang involved in that crime. The murder of Keane Mulready Woods happened at the height of the Drogheda feud. Can you tell me how that feud began and the groups that are involved? 
Yeah, so essentially, uh, at the time, there was one gang operating in Drogheda and the northeast of the country under the umbrella of the Maguire Organised Crime Group. That was a gang led by Owen Maguire. There was a split in that gang sometime at the start of 2018, um, as always happens with these crime groups. Uh, money, greed, all this sort of stuff comes into play. And you had this anti-Maguire faction splitting from it. Now, the reason we have to refer to them as the anti-Maguire gang is because they're led by two brothers, but they're facing serious charges before the courts. Now, they haven't been seen in the country in the last three years. But if they are returned here and face trial, naming them could jeopardise any future prosecutions. So that's why we call them the anti-Maguire gang. So we have this split, uh, and in July 2018, an attempt is made on the life of Maguire. He shot, I think, eight times outside his Drogheda home, and he's left paralysed. The chief suspect for that shooting is Robbie Lawler. He was, I think, seen in Drogheda around half an hour later. Uh, he was driving a car, uh, half naked, I believe, and covered in petrol, so the finger of blame was pointed at him for that. And that really escalated the feud, and I think over the next three years, you had around 100 violent incidents, arson attacks, assaults, uh, petrol bombings, uh, punishment shootings, attempted murders, all linked to this feud. And in total, there's also four murders. So it was a, over that kind of two or three year period, it certainly was an intense feud in the small, small geographical area of Drogheda. And, um, you know, under Operation Stratus, Gardy launched a special investigation. And thankfully now, uh, a lot of arrests have been made and that feud, thankfully, is all but finished now. Finished now, but Gardy are still working on trying to figure out what happened during that time. Yeah, so there was four murders. Obviously, the Key Murdy Woods investigation has seen a number of charges. There was the murder of Keith Brannigan, an associate, I suppose, of the anti Maguire faction, but also a soft target. He wasn't himself believed to be involved in serious criminality. He was shot dead outside a, a caravan park in Clotterhead in August 2019. Gardy insists everything is being done to tackle a gang feud in County Louth following the shooting dead of a 29-year-old man yesterday. Keith Brannigan was killed at a caravan park in Clotterhead in what has been described as an indiscriminate and callous murder. Um, arrests were made in that investigation during the summer and further arrests are expected. So certainly while the feud itself stopped, the investigations happened and Gardy are still you know, attempting to make further arrests, bring charges in relation to this feud violence and hold people accountable for the violence that happened in Drogheda over that three-year period. And you mentioned that the murder of Keane Mulready-Woods was a real watershed moment during the feud. Is that the reason why Gardy really decided to crack down on what was going on here or did it did it come to an end for another reason? Uh, a bit of both. Um, I suppose you had that Operation Stratus running for well over a year at that stage and Gardy were certainly making progress uh, making arrests seizing firearms and seizing drugs but in terms of the Murray Woods murder was certainly a watershed moment you, you know protests I think the people of Drogheda were finally fed up and you know the public backlash against what happened it put a lot of pressure on the gangs involved um, obviously we had Robbie Lawler who would have been a central figure in the gang in the violent shot dead in Belfast in April 2020 and the other main players in that feud would have either fled the country or been arrested. So I think it's a culmination of both the, um, the backlash of that murder and the depravity and the fact that he had a 17-year-old uh, child killed in such circumstances, as well as ongoing guard operations that only intensified after that murder. So uh, those different factors certainly led to that, that violence finally ending. Going back to what is currently going on in the courts in relation to the murder, what can we expect in the coming months? So Paul Crosby will be sentenced for that offence in January. 
And a co-accused appeared in court with him this week, Jared Cruz, who's originally from Drogheda, but now living in Dublin 1, he's currently on bail. And his defence counsel, Bernard Condon, said that his client also intends to plea in relation to uh, the the court case at the moment. Now, the exact plea, what the plea would be and what he would plead guilty to wasn't outlined. He is expected to uh, go on trial for murder. That won't happen now because of his plea, but um, what plea it will be and what he uh, either pleads guilty or not guilty to remains to be seen and that's back before the court on January 13th. Robin, will we ever have anybody prosecuted for the murder of Keane Mulready Woods? I think that's unlikely at this stage given what happened in court this week and what was said about the intentions of Jared Cruz going forward. Um, Paul Crosby, who was obviously there on the day, um, has pleaded guilty to facilitating the murder. Uh, Jared Cruz, what happens with him remains to be seen. And the uh, the main, I suppose, the chief suspect for actually carrying out the, the physical act of murder on Keane Mulready Woods was Robbie Lawler. He's now dead. He obviously can't face any further charges. So uh, I think the likelihood of somebody actually being held accountable for carrying out the actual murder of Keane Murray Woods, uh, that's not a prospect we'll see, unfortunately. Can I ask you about the impact that the Drogheda feud and uh, the murder of Mulready Woods has had on the local community in Drogheda? Uh, it had a devastating impact over the three years it happened. You know, it's, uh, it's Ireland's largest town. Um, the majority, the vast, vast majority of people in that town are good, honest people. And unfortunately, for around three years, they're effectively held to ransom by you know, a very small minority who were inflicting a, an enormous level of violence. I think you had at least 100 incidents um, of shootings, punishment attacks. You had instances where attempts were being made. Um, there was one particular shooting um, on a busy street in the summer of 2019, I think it was, uh, it was captured on CCTV footage that was shared on social media and you had a gunman um, attempt to shoot members of the uh, Maguire faction and the footage showed a woman missing, being missed, an innocent woman walking by being missed by mere inches. You know, the shot kind of whizzed over her head and it shows that innocent people were also being caught up in this. So it wasn't just, you know, the gangs involved attacking each other. You had innocent people also being caught up in it. So I think they're just glad the people got to see the back of it now and hopefully the people who were involved, if they aren't already in jail, that more people will be arrested, charged and uh, brought to justice. My thanks to Robin Schiller for joining me today. I'm Tabitha Monaghan and today's episode was produced by Gareth Mahal, recorded by Gavin Hennessy with sound design by John Smith. Archive clips from RTE News, Virgin Media News and Independent.ie. If you enjoy the Indo Daily, don't forget to like, follow and leave us a review. <laughs>